Amen. It's good to be in the house today. Well, you guys already stood, so I don't have to say that. Thank you. I'm here. Hey guys, uh, we're back. I'm glad to be back. I'll tell you, yeah, I'm glad to be here. 
We had a great time, but there, let me say there's nothing like pulling in to the house and being home, right? It's great to go away for a week, and we had a great time. I want to thank you guys for letting us go away uh, for a week, and we had a good time in Florida, but I'll tell you, Southwest Missouri's home, and it's beautiful here, and there's nothing like uh, pulling in here. So I, And you, you, when, when you're gone for a week, you get back and you miss people, and it's not the building that I missed or anything like that. It's you guys. And so I'm glad to be back this morning. We're glad to be back. We got plenty of sun. It was a good week. And so, uh, but I'm glad to be here this morning. That, that clock says, five, what, five minutes? You may need to extend that a couple minutes this morning because I want to give everybody a hug this morning. So, all right, let's open with a word of prayer and we'll do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, just for the opportunity to be here this morning with my brothers and sisters, Lord. And thank you for the, the great week that I had with my family and the time of rest and relaxation and ready to get back at it uh, hard this week and, and, uh, and serve you, Lord. And Lord, so I just thank you for the opportunity to go away, but I'm glad to be here this morning. Lord, as we worship you uh, today, we lift our voices to you, uh, Lord, and we give you praise and glory for everything you do for us and everything that you are. Lord, it's in your name I pray. Amen.
Nothing can stand against the power 
All right, you may be seated. Leslie is going to do our announcements this morning. So come on up here, bud. All right, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? All right, quick announcements, and then we're going to take up our morning offering. Uh, Saturday night, as always, we've got our freeway service. We serve dinner at 530. Uh, Mike Simons brings the word at 6 out um, every Saturday. Actually, this next Saturday, July the 30th, um, we won't be having service here because we're going to be having an outreach at Rotary Park. Uh, that, that starts at 3 o'clock. We're going to be going 3 to 6. If you would like to serve, if you would like to do anything involved with that, see Mike Simons. Uh, he's in charge of that. I believe Pastor is going to be setting up a booth, be, uh, spreading the gospel to people. I believe we'll have a prayer tent set up. Uh, so just get with Mike Simons, and we can get you in there serving and filling a spot. Uh, we've also got Wednesday, every Wednesday night, we do dinner at 6. We have classes at 645, uh, both for adults, young, uh, young adults, families. Uh, Thursday, July the 28th, we're having Taking Back Marshfield Pack. We'll be hosting a meet and greet here at the church. Uh, the debates will start at 7 p.m., and it's also going to be on Facebook Live. Uh, next Sunday, July 31st, we're going to have baptism down at the river. It's always a good time watching people make uh, that public profession and following in Christ and baptism. And then after that, we're going to have a church picnic at Steve and Dana Rinquest. Did I pronounce that correctly? Um, Dana, can you raise your hand for me? Dana, if you want to know what you need to bring for the picnic, get with Dana. No? What? We've got it covered? Okay. If you want to bring stuff, bring stuff. Lawn chairs for sure. Lawn chairs for sure. Um, Sunday, August 7th, we will be having a business meeting after our morning service, so anybody involved, stick around for that. Uh, Sunday, August 7th, 4 to 7 p.m., the young adults and the college class, you're going to have a swim party at Mitch and Mandy Espy's. That's from 4 to 7 p.m. And then Sunday, August 28th, Crossbridge Pool Party. It's always a great time. Um, I was... I came into the house not too long, not too long before that, and uh, it's a great time to just get together, fellowship, make some splashes, and uh, just love on each other. So that will be um, the 28th from 6:30 to 8:30 here at Marshfield Pool, and then women next Sunday from 3 to 6 p.m. They're having a swim party at at the man's house. All right, that sounds like a good time for the ladies, and that's. Uh, 2124 Greer Creek Road. Okay, awesome. And then that looks like all of that. Did I cover everything? No. Okay. Also, this Tuesday at 8.30 in the morning at Mom's Cafe, the women's breakfast. Uh, so, women, if you'd like to be involved with that. Um, they will be at Mom's Cafe at 8.30 this Tuesday. And then we already covered the women's swim party. So let's go ahead and have a quick prayer, and then we'll take up our morning offering. Holy Heavenly Father, we come before you just so grateful and thankful for another day to serve your kingdom. Thankful for this opportunity to come into your household and uh, be with like-minded fellow Christians, love on each other and pour, pour into each other, and more importantly, worship and uh, honor you as as we do each Sunday and we pray that this offering that we're about to take up that we use it to uh, further your kingdom and that you bless it 
and uh, continue to bless this church and everything we pray in your name. Amen. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guide my soul. You
shepherd I have all that I need he lets me rest in green meadows he leads me beside peaceful streams he renews my strength he guides me asking right paths bringing honor to his name even when I walk through the darkest valley I will not be be afraid for you alone are beside me Oh, my. 
us. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let my Jesus change your You may be seated this morning. I'm going to ask the the kids, uh, they can go downstairs if they'd like to with Miss Sierra for Children's Church. Um, There's a guy here this morning that preached last night uh, at Freeway, and he he fills in. Well, I think he preached about once every month uh, to every other month at Freeway, and he he graduated from our uh, program here. Will, stand up, wave at everybody. You guys remember Will? Yeah. I love that guy. I always like to see him and his family here. Uh, so this kind of like a redemption day almost, right? It's hard to prepare a sermon when you're on the beach, okay? So I'm not preaching today. Uh, and uh, Mike Simons is preaching today. Leslie did the announcements. Leslie's about ready to graduate from the freeway program. Mike, come on up here. Mike's getting married. Barb, you got to give him a wave, Barb. Go ahead and wave, Barb. There you go. Mike's getting married in October. And Mike, what has it been, three years ago since you, four years ago since you graduated the program? May 2nd of 29. May 2nd of 2019, okay. So Mike is preaching this morning. I know he's really nervous. He doesn't have a reason to be nervous. But um, thank you, brother, for, for preparing this week and, and uh, laying. Give, it, give us what God's laid on your heart, so I appreciate it. Good morning, church family. First of all, I want to say I love you guys. Uh, I am... Uh, I have the privilege of being uh, the director of Freeway Ministries. Some of you know that, maybe some of you don't, but uh, it's just a fancy title for uh, I get to be in charge of the, the outreach part of this, this church. And the one thing I love about this church is that it is connected to Freeway Ministries. And so I just want to uh, kind of describe what uh, this church has meant to me and what it means to the guys in Freeway Ministries. And not just that, but it means a lot to uh, the elders and our pastor and uh, a lot of the other people in our congregation. And so, without Freeway Ministries, uh, I don't believe that a lot of us would be here today. A lot of us, uh, I wouldn't be standing up here today. Uh, I give God the glory uh, for where I'm at today, but God has used Freeway Ministries and Crossbridge Baptist Church in my life, uh, and it's the reason I stand up here today. And so, I just kind of want to point out some of the things that uh, uh, this church, uh, why I love this church so much. Uh, this church embraces Freeway Ministries, and it, it, it embraces a discipleship. And so my discipler, Alan Greenfield, means the world to me. I come into this, uh, I come in to this church. Uh, to be honest with you, I was, have had bad experiences with church in my life uh, in the past, and so I come in kind of skeptical. And uh, I was welcomed with open arms. You guys welcomed me with open arms, just like you do the rest of these guys that come in and anybody that you see broken that comes into this church is welcomed with open arms and that's one of the things I love about this church but I, uh, I went through discipleship with Alan Greenfield and I didn't for sure know what uh, that entailed uh, 
wasn't sure that it was something that I wanted to deal with or go through, uh, but I went for it. And the first thing that I noticed uh, was uh, Alan's passion for God's Word. At that time, I didn't have a passion for God's Word, but I seen that in Alan Greenfield, and I was like, I want that. I, I know, I don't know for sure I, what it is, but there's something about that that I want. I want to be passionate about God's Word that way. And, and he was passionate about meeting with me. He would put off... Uh, he would put off fa- uh, plans with his family, whatever it was, it, whether nothing kept him from being here. Uh, and we dug into God's Word each week. And what happened was that uh, in the beginning, I couldn't tell you uh, whether uh, Jude was in the Old Testament or the New Testament. I didn't know. And, and so he was very patient with me. And we would, we would work our way through Scripture, and he'd, he'd let me look up the verses and and uh, I wasn't very good at navigating my way through the Bible. But by the time we got done, I was able to navigate my way through the Bible. You could give me a, a book, and I was able to turn to it. And that was a lot for me. That, that was a big step for me. And uh, that was, uh, I believe, the beginning of uh, where I started to really love God's Word. And discipleship became uh, something that uh, is just a part of my life now. And I will encourage you, if you're not a part of discipleship, uh, to get a part of that. Because it will add an element to your life. Uh, it, it will just add a happiness and, and just a quality, quality to your life uh, that you don't really know until you go through it. And so after I went through discipleship, I was able to then move on and disciple someone else. And what was the first thing that I did? I tried to portray this passion for God's Word that He had portrayed for me and that, that I was starting to develop. And so I, started to, I got to carry that into discipleship. And so little did I know I was going to learn more uh, discipling someone else than I did in my first round of discipleship. And so I get to disciple these men and, and people coming in today, and it's just a blessing. And I just want you guys to understand, uh, as a church, what, it, what you guys mean to, to us at Freeway Ministries. I look at Will Clendenden. He was my house leader whenever I was in the discipleship house. I didn't like Will. I didn't like Will. Will was... Uh, Will was trying to tell me what I needed to do, and I, and I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to people, someone uh, telling me uh, that I should do stuff. Or I had people telling me, but I, I never, you know, I was still in that, that phase where I wasn't listening to other people. And so I took a disliking to him, but today he's one of my best friends. We get to go do ministry work together. Uh, he's called me up and said, hey, uh, I got this guy that's in, in uh, he's in detox, or he's in, he's in the hospital, and we need to go pray for him. And so we'd go pray for him, and we would end up, uh, we would end up, you know, stalled on the Casey's parking lot for for an hour or so, just praying with people, seeing people there that were hurting and needed prayer, and and it just was it's such a joy to be able to uh, have brothers in Christ like that in my life uh, that I can that I can serve with. But Freeway Ministries and this church, uh, I'd like to point out Trey Odom. He he taught a just a awesome Bible study this morning. It just blows me away. Uh, how far he's came, and it is all directly linked to this church, and you people, uh, what you've done, uh, uh, how you've welcomed him in, and and given him the opportunity to teach. Uh, not only is he teaching school, he's going to college, and so uh, that's directly linked to this church as well. Uh, I'm in college uh, today. Uh, it's still, uh, I'm still like pinch me. I, I can't hardly believe that this is really happening. This is true, but. We're in our second semester of college, and we were told the other day uh, by the dean of academics, he said, you know that you guys are setting the, setting the standard for the rest of the, 
the people here at, at our college. And uh, it blew me away. Uh, and I'm not the only one. Kyle Grosinger, he was, uh, you guys poured into him. Uh, he was uh, a member of uh, this church, and he moved on to be uh, director of Freeway Ministries for Golden Avenue and for Freeway West. Uh, Trey, me, we're, you guys are, are the reason that we're in college today, that we're in uh, Bible college. And so I just want to thank you for that. Uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and say that I love you for uh, just who you are as a church and the way that you uh, have passion for the lost and uh, how you don't judge people or turn your nose up at them, that you actually, uh, they come in here uh, broken uh, and you wrap your arms around them and make them feel welcome and uh, do everything in your power to make sure that they come back the next week. And thank you for that. And so this morning we're going to be talking about affliction. And so... God put this message on my heart uh, this morning to talk about affliction. And without a doubt, there are people here this morning uh, that are going through some kind of affliction. And as odd as it may sound, that's an excellent place to be. The Webster Dictionary defines it like this. A cause of persistent pain or distress. Great suffering. The state of being afflicted by something that causes suffering. So you might be asking, or you might be saying, how can that be a good place to be? We'll let the Bible tell us the answer to that question here this morning. So we'll be looking this morning at what the Bible says about affliction, but before we do, I want to take a moment uh, to pray individually, to just take a moment for each and every one of us to pray Trey talked this morning about the power of prayer and how, uh, how we get that connection with God through, through prayer. And uh, I want to encourage everyone to pray for our pastor this morning. Uh, this is actually something that we should be doing every day. Not just our pastor, but our, elker, our, elder, uh, our elders and our deacons, uh, the people that serve in this church. This morning... Make your, uh, make your prayer personal. Make it intentional. We should be praying that church would, uh, that they would not become weary in serving in this church. That God would give them strength. That he would give them desire to serve the Lord with a merry heart. He would put people in their path to, to encourage them so they did not get dis uh, discouraged. So I want to challenge you this morning also to reach out to someone you've seen serving in this church and encourage them and let them know that they're doing a good job. So let's just take a minute, each one of us, and just pray for our pastor this morning. Lord Jesus, I just come to you this morning, Lord. I just thank you so much, Lord, uh, just for our pastor, Lord, and, and for what he means to this congregation and for the time and effort he puts into preparing uh, each week, Lord, to, to come and just preach God's word to us, Lord. And thank you for a pastor, Lord, that is passionate about the word of God. I thank you for this body, this body of believers, Lord. I thank you uh, just for this place this morning, just to gather and worship you, Lord. So this morning, Lord, uh, let us glorify you. 
in our words, in our actions, Lord, and in our thoughts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we automatically assume that when we're blessed, that we are blessed when life goes well. And that we're cursed when it does not. But trouble or affliction is a blessing when it strengthens us. And prosperity is a curse if it entices us away from God. I've thought many times in my life, if I just had a million dollars, everything would be great. My life would be perfect. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Not if that money, not if, uh, that money enticed me away from God. I've tried living my life away from God, and it was miserable. So there are going to be times when we are going to want to question God, especially when we're going through a trial or affliction. Lord, what did I do wrong? Did I sin? But Scripture makes it clear that even though a believer has been faithful and living in holiness, he can still go through trials. We see it happen in the book of Job. And we've all seen it happen in our lives. Rather than looking at affliction badly, we should see it as a blessing. It helps our faith grow. It builds endurance. And many times, afflictions result in a testimony. Our afflictions allow God to glorify himself. We always have to look at the upside because there will be times when Christians suffer afflictions because of backsliding. But there is an upside. God allows afflictions to bring us back to the right path. Just like a father disciplines his children, God does the same things out of love because he doesn't want anyone to go astray. King David said in Psalms 119.71, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Affliction should never bring someone into despair. It doesn't last. Use it to your benefit. Use it to pray more. To study the Bible more. Use it to fast. Use it to help, encourage, and inspire other believers. John Bunyan quotes, Afflictions make the heart deeper, more experimental, more knowing and profound, and so more able to hold, to contain, and beat more. Richard Sibes quotes, The winter prepares the earth for spring, so do afflictions sanctified prepare the soul for glory. And Charles Spurgeon says, The Lord gets his best soldiers out of the highlands of affliction. So let's look this morning at what the Bible says about affliction. Actually, it, it, it speaks about afflictions from Genesis to Revelations. There's no way I could get all the verses in in one morning, uh, what it says about affliction. But we'll go over a few. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9, In every way we are troubled but not crushed. Frustrated, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. And struck down, but not destroyed. David writes in Psalms 34, 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So what, we should, so what should we do when we experience affliction? We get on our knees. Get on our knees and cry out to God. We should stand firm. God will give us the strength to stand firm. 
Paul gives us an example on how to stand firm in 2 Corinthians 6, 4-6 through when he says, In everything we do, we show that we are faithful ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, imprisoned, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. And here it is. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. Listen, Paul was no superhuman. He had the Holy Spirit to help him. The same, the same Holy Spirit that we have here today to help us as well. Not only should we stand firm, but we should also expect it in our walk with, of faith. Christian, it's coming. If you're not in affliction right now, it's coming. You can count on it. But it's necessary. Acts 14, 21 and 22 says... After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Listeria, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they were strengthening, strengthening the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. This should make it easier to rejoice in our suffering which is a hard thing for us to do. But to know that we suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, it sheds a different light on it. It's something that we must do in this life, is go through hardships. So, so no matter what you're going through, and no matter how bad the suffering, if you're a Christian, there's a happy end to it. Affliction leads to repentance. After David commits adultery with Bathsheba, he writes in Psalms 25, 16 through 18, Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Affliction leads to repentance. We should rejoice. Romans 12, 12 says... Rejoicing in hope, patient in affliction, continuing steadfastly in prayer. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 says, You greatly rejoice in this, even though you have, you have to suffer various kinds of trials for a little while, so that your genuine faith, which is more valuable than gold, perishes, which perishes when tested by fire, may result, may result in the praise glory and honor when Jesus the Messiah is revealed. There's great hope there. There's hope there. Knowing that our trials are going to result, should result in praise and glory and honor to Jesus. So we can rest assured in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tried beyond what you are able to bear. But with the trial will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. What a great God we serve. God of mercy and grace. 
God disciplines us because he loves us. In Hebrews 12, 5 and 6, says, You have forgotten the encouragement that is addressed to you as, as sons. My son, do not think lightly of the Lord's discipline or give up when you are corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he punishes every son that he accepts. Psalms 119, 67 and 68 says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and, and do good only. Teach me your decrees. I love that. I, I love that and I, I thought about my life and how I used to wander off a lot. But God disciplines us out of love. So in Romans 8.28 it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. God uses difficult times in our life to show us amazing things. When I was 25 years old, my father committed suicide. It was the worst thing that had ever happened to me in my life. I wasn't a Christian at the time, and I didn't handle it very well. In fact, it about destroyed me. It about killed me. And it would be another 25 years before I would completely surrender my life to Christ. All my life, I used that trial as an excuse to run from God, to run to alcohol, to run to drugs, to try to numb that pain. I was lost. But God blessed me in that whole situation. God taught me a lesson in that event that happened in my life. He taught me that family is important. That people you have in your lives that you love are very important and not to take them for granted. It's a hard way to learn the value of the people you have in your life. But it will definitely teach you when you lose someone how valuable the people around you are. Today I'm able to love on a whole nother level. I don't believe I would have been able to do if it hadn't been for that situation. God taught me in that situation. He taught me to love the people in my life. Because they may not be here tomorrow. So don't let petty issues get in the way of loving your loved ones. It's not worth it. They may not be here tomorrow. And then we may have wished we had done things differently. But while they're here, we can do things differently now. We can let them know that we love them. So if you're here this morning and you're going through a rough time, take a minute to stop and thank God. Trust that He's doing a good work in you. James 1, 2-4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfected and complete, lacking nothing. Worship team can come forward. Before we close, I have to share the gospel with you this morning. And Paul lays the gospel out for us in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, where he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, 
by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Paul then tells us in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It really is that simple. Believe in your heart. Confess. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity just to be a, a part of this church body, Lord. Part of the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity just to get up here this morning and share your word, Lord. I'm confident. I believe in you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you when you say that your, that your word does not return void. Lord, it's exciting to me today to know that uh, your word uh, would touch someone's heart this morning, Lord. And that's what we're asking, that it would touch someone's heart, Lord. That today might be the day that their life changes, that everything changes for them, Lord. That they begin a relationship with you, Lord. That relationship that gives us the inner peace. That thing that they've been looking for their entire lives. That they've been trying to fill with everything this world has to offer. But, but uh, it just doesn't satisfy. But you do satisfy, Lord. And so thank you for that, Lord. And I pray if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior. That they would come forward, Lord. That they would confess and believe. Lord Jesus, I just love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you need to come forward.
Thank you, guys. Mike, great job. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the word. While he was preaching, I kept thinking about a story, and I'll keep it really brief, I promise. When I was a kid, I was seven years old. Faithfully, my parents were servants in the church. My dad was a deacon, and we were at church every time the doors were open, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was raised in a Christian home, and when I was seven years old, there was a family at our church, and I think still today the worst murder in Missouri state history happened uh, at our church. Um, and, and a guy had killed uh, his wife and his, um, his I guess it would have been his brother-in-law and sister-in-law and, and uh, four kids and for insurance money. It was a horrible, horrible thing in our church. And the grandparents uh, were faithful in serving the Lord, faithful saints of God. And I, and I remember it, I was only seven, but I remember it, and I, it happened on a Friday morning, and uh, that Thursday evening, we, we were playing Mighty Might football, me and, uh, me and a young man that uh, his dad had, had killed his mom, and we were playing football that Thursday night, and I begged to spend the night with him, and our parents wouldn't let us, uh, because we had school the next day. And I'm thankful they didn't let me go over and spend the night when that happened that night. But it's a horrible, horrible thing. And, and they were ended up uh, being adopted by their grandparents and lived uh, just a, an amazing life. Uh, they, they loved the Lord. They um, turned out amazing. But those grandparents lost both their kids that night and four of their grandchildren. And Mike's preaching about affliction. And, and uh, I kept thinking about Gene and Alfred. And I don't know of anything worse that somebody could go through than that. Uh, and they had a choice that they could either turn to God or they could get angry and turn away. And they turned to God. And they were faithful followers of Christ. And 
for many years, many years they served in the local church and uh, kept us in line. And I remember every Sunday night, us boys would be on the back pew being rowdy and Mamma Buckner would turn around and give us a look. And if she gave you the look, you started behaving. But she was an example for many, many years. I had the honor of preaching both their funerals. And I talked about that, that it, no matter what we can be going through in this world and then life can deal with us, throw at us, you got a choice. You can either turn to God with your affliction and trust Him and, and be faithful to Him and keep serving Him, or you can turn away from Him and get angry. And they had an opportunity to get very angry. I can't, I can't imagine anybody else could be as angry about something that they had, but they didn't do that. And so a whole generation of us kids who grew up on the back row uh, at that church are now serving in ministry, and a big part of that was because of their faithfulness. One of us is preaching, I'm preaching here, another one's a deacon, another one's a treasurer uh, of the local church, just servants. Uh, and, and we grew up with that example that no matter what we can go through, like what Mike talked about this morning, no matter what you can go through, you can either turn to God or you can run from Him. That applies to every single one of us today. No matter what you're going through, lost job, financial problems, a divorce, sickness, health, death in a family, you got choice. You can either turn to God or you can trust in yourself. Spot on this morning. Spot on this morning. And even in the good times, you can either use that good and get wrapped up in the good and turn to yourself or you just keep serving. Because uh, the, the world can throw a lot of stuff at you, like money and success in business and all that. They can make you think, well, hey, you know, I don't need to be doing this. I can go do what I want to do. Or you can just be faithful and keep serving the Lord. So that's the challenge this morning. No benediction, just thanks, Mike. Thank you for bringing it. I, I really appreciate it. You will. Close us in prayer this morning, brother. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your servant, Mike, Lord, that spoke to us and ministered to us of how we can turn to you in our affliction and our hurting, Lord, and how we should give honor to our parents, Lord, why they are here. I know that I'm going to leave this place and call my dad today, Lord. So I'll just thank you for that, Lord. I pray as we leave here, Lord, that we enjoy the rest of our days with our family. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.